Hey Church, welcome to our online service. We really missed you guys last week. But we loved it that you joined us online. It's been so encouraging to hear stories of how you've been meeting with Jesus in your own homes. We're really excited to worship Jesus together again today. To come together as church across South Bristol. And to open God's word together, to be inspired, built up and encouraged in our faith. In today's service, Ross and Anna Jeffrey will be leading us in prayer. Fee will be helping us fix our eyes on Jesus as we worship. And Matt's going to be unpacking some of the story of Balak and Balaam from the book of Numbers. So if you need to, press pause now and go and grab your Bible and maybe a cup of tea. Why do I always get the long lines? There's been loads going on this week in the news, in our church and in the wider community. Hopefully you got our email and saw the midweek online video with a number of things that you can thank God for and also to be bringing to him in prayer. Right now, Ross and Anna are going to lead us in prayer, so let's pray. Father, almighty God, you are good and your love endures forever. We know this to be true. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. Holy Spirit, you know what each of us is experiencing at the moment, and you have not forgotten us, and we trust you with everything. Thank you for your church, for your people, who love, encourage and support each other in your name. From the youngest to the oldest in our church family, would you draw close to us as we draw close to you? For those of us who are struggling, who are anxious and who feel like they are battling against fear or loneliness, Lord God, would you overwhelm them with your peace, a peace that transcends all understanding. Your perfect peace casts out fear. We choose to believe that. For the homeless people in our community who often feel lost and forgotten, Lord, remember them and help those who help them to carry your light into the darkness. For Fran and David Self, would you come and fight their battles for them, Lord? In Jesus' name, would you heal Fran and would you restore her sight, God? Thank you for them and for who they are. They bless so many. We give them to you. For Rich Harvey, who has COPD, would you protect him and would you be his strength? We ask he would have access to the medical support that he needs. We ask you to comfort those we know who feel burdened as we choose to trust in a God who is bigger and whose ways are higher. You are able. And we ask you for more of you, that you would reveal yourself to us, that despite the valley it might feel we're in, we would see you in ways we've not seen you before. We choose to believe that you are doing new things. Bring us joy and hope that comes from the one who is higher than us, because we believe you work all things together for your good. You are good, and we put all of our trust and hope in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Okay, uh, we're going to open God's Word together in just a moment. So if you don't have your Bible with you, now's a good time to press pause and go and grab that. Um, we're going to be reading from Numbers chapter 24. So, so flick through, find that, get your thumb in that ready. Uh, but before we do, I just wanted to say, uh, I know that, um, that some people are, are just kind of taking this in their stride. Other people are really struggling with what we're going through right now. We live in some really uncertain times. And um, we've been asked to, to lock ourselves down, to not go out. Um, and, and our routines and our worlds have been turned upside down for many of us. Um, and, and many of us know people that are ill and maybe some that have even died. And in really difficult, difficult times and this difficult week. We didn't get to meet as church last week. Lots of what we do has been, has been put on hold and we don't know when that's going to be uh starting back up again and will it start back up again and what will that look like and so many questions and for some that's causing anxiety and worry and um yeah for us here this is our second week of lockdown because last week we were already in lockdown because i had this cough so we're gonna have four weeks not just three weeks of it if that's when the government lift the ban we'll see um but i i know i can say that this week it's started to affect me a little bit it's started to affect my mood and, and my attitude and um and i'm aware of that and um and it's, it's not easy is it uh, how it affects us and I, I just want to put that out there and um so we're going to be looking at the story of balak and balaam in, in a moment in from numbers 24 and balak is this ruler who has a problem uh, and uh, it's a problem that he can't really control and he's trying to take control of it and his problem is this other nation that uh potentially pose a threat to him and his people and um, they are the people of Israel and so Balak summons uh, this guy called Balaam to, to deal with these people and he uses his authority his power his wealth anything he can to control the situation but what we discover is that this situation is, is out of his control it's bigger than that um, and for many of us we feel like that this situation is out of our control and we've got rulers uh, we've got a prime minister and a government and people in authority and local council that are trying to control this situation the best they can and they're doing great but a lot of this situation is out of our control and as people we are just having to respond 
and to them to what's going on in the moment. That's the best that we can do. But I want to say this to you guys. As we read this story, we're going to discover that King Jesus, he is in control. And in this story, by his spirit, he takes control. And um, I believe that he is still king today. And that where other rulers and other powers and other people and ourselves included don't have control, he does. He does. And we trust in that. And I pray that as we read this passage today and we unpack it, they will build your faith um, and it will help you to trust in Jesus and to lean on him at this time because he is king and he's still on the throne and he hasn't stopped being good or being in control. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, that it is the story of who you are and that you are good, that you haven't changed, you haven't faltered, your faithfulness hasn't faded. Uh, you continue to be that God today, the God that we see in every story, walking with his people through the valley of the shadow of death and, and leading them to, to be beside the still waters. And today you walk with us through the valley of the shadow of death and you lead us to sit down beside the still waters. Thank you for that, Lord. I pray that we would see more of your heart and more of that uh, as we open your word today. Speak to us by your spirit. I ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, hopefully you found Numbers 24. We're going to read verses 1 to 11 together, so let's just jump in. <clears throat> now, when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not resort to divination as at other times, but turned his face to the wilderness. When Balaam looked out and saw Israel encamped tribe by tribe, the Spirit of God came on him and he spoke his message. The prophecy of Balaam, son of Beor, and the prophecy of one whose eye sees clearly, the prophecy of one who hears the words of God, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who falls prostrate and whose eyes are opened. How beautiful are your tents, Jacob, your dwelling places, Israel. Like valleys they spread out, like gardens beside a river, like aloes planted by the Lord, like cedars beside the waters. Water will flow from their buckets, their seed will have abundant water. Their king will be greater than Agag. Their kingdom will be exalted. God brought them out of Egypt. They have the strength of a wild ox. They devour hostile nations and break their bones in pieces. With their arrows they pierce them. Like a lion they crouch and lie down. Like a lioness who dares to rouse them. May those who bless you be blessed, and those who curse you be cursed. Then Balak's anger burned against Balaam. He struck his hands together and said to him, I summoned you to curse my enemies, but you have blessed them these three times. Now leave at once and go home. I said I would reward you handsomely, but, you, but the Lord has kept you from being rewarded. So um, here's the situation. Uh, Israel are camped almost opposite Jericho. Uh, in Numbers 22, you'll read that. They're, they're ready like, to move into the promised land. They're, they're right there on the verge of all the good things that are coming. 
Um, but the Moabites, they see the victories that the Israelites have had and they see how God is with them and, and they are scared. There's people who have conquered and moved forward and are growing numerously and, and, and their king, Balak, doesn't know what to do and so he summons a guy called Balaam a diviner someone who uh, seeks uh, the advice of the spiritual realm of the heavenly realm and, and that could be anything from from Yahweh to any other Elohim any other spirit in God in that realm he's just calling on them to, to get advice and, to, and to, to make things happen in the heavenly realms that will affect the earthly realm and so Balak wants Balaam this diviner to come in and speak curses over Israel. So while Israel is camped on the plains, uh, Balaam and Balak, they head up to a place where they can look down over the Israelite camp. Uh, and from there, where they're out of sight, uh, he tries to speak curses over them. And what is incredible to me about this is that the Israelites, they're not even aware that Balak and Balaam are up on that mountaintop, looking down over the valley where their camps um, and speaking, trying to speak curses over them. But as he goes to do it, he cannot do it. Three times he tries. And each time the spirit of God comes on him. And all he can do is to speak blessings over Israel. And as we've just read, like Balak gets so angry um, at Balaam for this. I love this story. It is one of my favourite stories um, in the Bible, the story of Balak and Balaam uh, trying to speak curses over Israel. And it is for a number of reasons, because if we backtrack through the book of Numbers, uh, what you'll see is that consistently Israel have disobeyed God or grumbled against him. Uh, so, so they moan about food and water. They want to go back to Egypt at one point. Uh, they didn't trust God when he said, hey, go into the promised land and take this land. We read about that last week. Uh, and then when they disobeyed God, they didn't trust him. God says, OK, you can wander in the wilderness for 40 years like you've said you, you want to do. Um, then they decide, OK, well, no, actually, no, let's go in, let's go in. And they disobeyed him again and they tried to attack and move in when he said not to. Then we get a story of someone breaking the Sabbath uh, and then they stage a, a coup against Moses, God's appointed leader of Israel. Um, and yet all along the journey, God, he just keeps on dealing with their sin. He keeps offering them forgiveness. He keeps removing evil from within them, uh, offering them hope and, and a new way to be with more and more chances to step into all that he has for them. This is what I love uh, about the book of Numbers. Um, I mentioned last week that um, Numbers isn't actually called Numbers in the Hebrew, um, and the Hebrew word doesn't translate as Numbers either. We've, we've called it Numbers because of all the numbers at the beginning and the numbers at the end with the censuses, um, uh, but it's not actually called the Book of Numbers. In Hebrew, it is called uh, uh, Bemidbar, Bemidbar. Uh, and it literally translates to uh, in the wilderness or through the wilderness. It's about their journey through the wilderness. And it is this book about the story of God's faithfulness to them as they journey through the wilderness. Uh, the word Midbar uh, can literally translate as mouth. So Bemidbar can literally mean to be in the mouth. 
Um, this is a book that is all about the Israelites being in the place where God can speak, where God can speak. And here in this story, uh, we've got the story of Balak and Balaam who are trying to speak over Israel. They're trying to speak curses over them. And yet what we see is God blessing them. We see God taking hold of Balaam and taking what was meant to be a curse and turning it for good and speaking uh, hope uh, and promises and blessings over them, even when they were not aware of it. They had no idea that Balaam was up on that mountain. They're just camped out on the on the plains um, and they've got no idea that Balak and Balaam are up there and Balaam's about to speak curses and God's spirit moves upon him and he speaks blessing. Guys, God is at work even when we cannot see it. Even when we cannot see it. Um, if you've got your Bible, turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Let's just read this together. Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says this. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. What we do not see. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance in what we do not see. We can have faith that God is at work even when we do not see it. I bet it's true for you. I know it's true for me. When I think back over my own life and my own experiences, and I'm sure you can think of some, but there have been times in my life when things should have gone a different way. Like they should have played out differently. I should not be here right now being your pastor. I should not be here leading a church. There are so many things in my life that I look at and what have happened and things that I've done, things other people have spoken over me and, and been involved in in my life. And, and I think this should have had a different ending. But those things didn't have a different ending because I believe that God was at work. When evil was trying to be spoken over me, God was holding its tongue and speaking blessing. I bet you've got stories like that as well, because we believe in a God who is at work, even when we do not see it. I've heard so many stories where people say, I should have died. I should have died. And I didn't. Or I shouldn't be here right now doing this. But I am because God is faithful and he is at work. We might be living in the plains, in the valleys, and up on the mountains, something else is happening, and we just don't see it. At, at times like these, when we feel like we're going through really trying times, and some people even suffering, we often turn to the book of Job. And people often think that the book of Job answers the question on suffering. Why does God allow suffering? Um, but I don't think it does, actually. Nowhere in the book of Job does God ever give a reason for why suffering happens or why it's allowed. Instead, the book of Job poses a different question to the reader like it does to Job. And the question is this. Will you trust God? Will you trust God uh, no matter what is going on? God says to Job this, he says, do you have any idea how to operate the world? Like how to make the sun rise, how to deal justly with all the injustice that is going on in the world? And Job can't, he can't answer it. He has no idea. We have no idea. I think sometimes we like to think that we do, but we don't. You see, God is at work and he is doing more than we could ever imagine. 
His hand is on so many things. His word is speaking into so many things. Romans 8 verse 28 tells us this, for we know that in all things, God is working for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purposes. In all things, guys, in all things, even now, God is at work for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purposes. We might not see it, but we believe it. We have faith and we can be assured in what we do not see. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, we live by faith, not by sight. How many of us right now are living by sight? What we're watching on the news, what we're seeing in the world around us, uh, you know, being stuck in our houses and staring at the four walls and letting that affect us, what we see, change our heart, our attitude, uh, how we're engaging with stuff. Let's not be a people that live by sight. Let's be a people that live by faith. Let's be a people that are camped out in the valley and trust that even though we don't know what's going on on the mountains, God is at work. God is at work. Um, turn with me to John 14, if you will. And um, in John 14, verses 26 to 27, it says this, it's Jesus speaking. He says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace. I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. As Christians, we believe that the Holy Spirit has come to dwell within us. And he is the giver of peace. He is the giver of peace. He is one of the fruits of the seed of the Spirit being planted within us. Peace of God within our lives. And that peace allows us to trust. We do not need to be afraid. Um, in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, it reads like this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run the race with perseverance. Uh, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Guys, in these times, we need to throw off everything that hinders, all the things that weigh down on us, all the things that so easily entangle us, and we need to fix our eyes on Jesus so that we will not grow tired and weary and lose heart. Consider him always. He is always at work, even when we cannot see it. Even when we cannot see it, Psalm 121 says, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? Uh, the Israelites had no idea what was taking place up on the mountains while they were in the valley. Let's lift our eyes and see what God is doing. Let's lift our eyes and see what God is doing. Let's not be a people that get caught up with what is going on around us. Uh, let's trust 
that God is at work, even in the things we can't control, even in the things that we do not see, even in the things that are beyond our reach, that just don't make sense to us. We have a God who wants to bless, a God who wants to comfort, a God who wants to be near us and lead us on into all that he has planned out for our future. And, and, and no evil is going to stop that. No evil is going to stop that. Let's trust in him. The Red Shores uh, are going to lead us in a song as we close. Uh, it's a newish song, uh, but it's one that declares who our God is and that he is at work, even when we cannot see what he is doing. Um, it's called Waymaker. What a God he is. Be blessed this week. Keep trusting in Jesus uh, and, and do not let your hearts be troubled. Because even when we cannot see what he is up to, he is working for the good of those who love him. Amen.
never stop.